Yep, nursery as well. Children's at the back. Please make your way to the back if you haven't made yourself. Uh, you can go at the back now for the kids. <laughs> Sunday school. Amen. So Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 is where we'll be reading this morning. And I, I believe God wants to encourage someone. You know, in your Christian walk, you experience sometimes where you're just on fire for God. Has anyone ever felt that before? You were like, man, I, I came to church and man, I felt the presence of God. I've, I'm, I'm on fire for Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden you get to a particular point in your life and you feel like, you know, life's just sort of died down. Has anyone ever been there before? Amen. Yeah, okay, just a couple of us this morning. There's some perfect Christians here today. Oh, will you pray for us, of those who are struggling? <laughs> Amen. Now, let's be real. You know, we can, we can have this, you know, lifestyle where it's like, man, we're going good for God. Then all of a sudden, we start experiencing some trials, some, some tribulations. We start, you know, experiencing some heartaches, some, some issues in life. And it's very difficult to continue going forward. And so I want to talk about this morning uh, when the honeymoon is over. And uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, if you're there, say amen. 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 If you're not there, say hold on. Oh, we're good. All right. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, and it says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the very next chapter, watch this right. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, wow, 40 days and 40 nights. My goodness, that's a long fast. I struggle to fast 40 minutes, let alone fast 40 days and 40 nights. And I love the Bible because it says very clearly afterwards, it says, afterward he was hungry. Yeah, I'm sure he was quite hungry afterwards. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Verse 3, then the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now become bread. And he answered and said to him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Everyone say proceeds. From the mouth of God. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for your word. And I pray, Father God, you speak to us, mold us and shape us. Lord, change us. In fact, change us for all eternity. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to preach a message called, When the Honeymoon is Over. You know, the wedding is one of the most celebrated, joyous occasion that anyone could ever experience. The wedding where, you know what, it's the amazing flowers, it's the, uh, the music, it's the romance between the husband or the groom and the bride. It's an emotional time. You hear the speeches, you hear the, the, the laughter, it's a, it's a joyous occasion, the photos are taken. And then they go to the honeymoon, the romantic getaway, the, you know, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, read between the lines. And it's like, you know what, they, they go to the honeymoon and all of a sudden, it's time to say goodbye to the honeymoon suite. It's time to say goodbye to the uh, all-you-can-eat buffet breakfast in the morning. It's time to say goodbye, hop back on your plane or hop back on your car and drive back to Beanley. 
drive back to Eagleby, <laughs> go back in your house, and uh, go back to work. And then the honeymoon season is over. <laughs> and I want you to see the resemblance in our text today because one moment Jesus is getting baptized. This amazing ceremony. The heavens are open. This is my son. Everything is happening. And then the very next chapter, this is what I want you to understand. The very next chapter, he's now led by the Spirit into the wilderness. One chapter, it's powerful. The next chapter, it's painful. Has anyone ever experienced that in your life before? It's like, man, it's like one moment, it's like amazing. It's like glory to Jesus. Oh, God is good. All the, t- all the time, God is good. Yeah, come on now. And then it's like, yes. And the next chapter, it's like, where are you, Jesus? Jesus, what happened? I, I'm in total isolation. What's going on? And so if you're taking note, number one, the water and the wilderness. Because I want you to understand in life, listen very carefully, you will experience the water and the wilderness. You'll experience the good times and the bad times. You'll experience the laughter and the pain. And this is what I want to bring to our attention this morning. So number one, the water. There's going to be times when you experience God's presence, man. There's going to be times when you experience His power. There's going to be times just like Jesus felt the Holy Spirit come upon Him. There's going to be times where God speaks to you clearly. And it's like, man, God, I feel you speaking to me. And this is the part. The water part is the part that you want everyone to know, right? This is the part where it's like, you know what? Wow, everything is going well. Take a photo. Yes. Yeah, post it on Instagram. Hashtag blessed. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, this is the part where you want everyone to see. Oh, come on, post it on Facebook. Yes, come on. Dude, let everyone see what, how God is good to me. And then you have the wilderness. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah, this is the wilderness part where you don't want anyone to know about. Nothing is happening. Nothing is going well. This is the part where you feel like, man, you're getting attacked. Does anyone ever feel like they're getting attacked? This is the wilderness part. This is the part where you question, God, where are you? This is the part where the honeymoon is over. There's no goosebumps anymore. There's no fireworks anymore. This might be your marriage right now. That you know what, it was once amazing. You know what, everything was going well. This might be your family. Everything was going good. And all of a sudden, the next chapter in your, your life, you're experiencing the, the attacks from the devil. And it's funny, you know, we all love the water part. And many times we, we forget this. Many times we forget that, you know, life is to be lived and experienced. We will experience the water and the wilderness that there are times you're going to feel the heavens open. There's going to be times where you hear God's voice, God's spirit comes down. We love it because this is the honeymoon season. But as soon as the honeymoon phase is over, many people, disciples, give up and quit. Come on, that's so real. It's like, you know what, it's so good when you come to church. Oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you go back to your house. There's no hallelujahs there anymore. You go to your work and everyone's swearing, carrying on. It's like, oh man, I, I felt like, you know what, it's, everything's going good. But this is like the wilderness. And this is the part where most people quit and give up. This is the part where most people say, oh, it's too hard. Life is too difficult. Life is, oh, poor me. I'm just going to, you know what, forget about God. Forget it. And they give up and quit because things got difficult. But Jesus says, carry the cross and follow me. Amen. Jesus says, carry the cross. What's the cross? (laughs) Jesus says, you know what? Enter by the narrow gate for difficult is. Jesus, I I hoped you said it was easy. 
Jesus, I wish you would say it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Red carpet Christianity. You know what awesome meant? Come on, live for Christ. It's going to be good. No, Jesus says carry the cross. Meaning, you know what? It's going to be difficult. He says, you know what? No, you know what? You got to enter by the narrow gate. What's the narrow gate? It means most people will be going down the Broadway doing what they feel like, going to the pubs, nightclubs, doing all that sort of stuff. But narrow is the way difficult, meaning, you know what? I got to make a decision. I can't live on the broad path. I got to make a decision. Which team am I on? Am I serving God or am I serving man? Am I serving myself or am I serving God? You got to make a decision. It's got to be clear. Black or white. It's clear. There's no gray pictures with Christianity. You're saved or you're not saved. And that's why Jesus says, carry the cross, man. Brother, sister, don't play church. Don't play religion. That ain't going to get you anywhere. You got to make a decision that even when the honeymoon season is over, God, I'll follow you. Come on. God, even when the season where I don't feel the goosebumps, God, I'll follow you. Come on now. We got to say, you know what, as a disciple, as believers, we, you know, even though we don't feel the goosebumps, God, I'll follow you anyway. Yes, when everyone else forsakes me, when my brothers and my sisters forsake me, I will not forsake you. Come on now. Yes. They went from the water to the wilderness. The people of Israel, they went from the water to the wilderness. Oh, praise the Lord. They begin to go. Moses delivers them out of slavery. Powerful story. They get to the point where they're standing. The enemy is hot on their heels, ready to kill them, annihilate them. And they stand at this Red Sea. Where are we going to go? Moses puts the staff. Waters part. They walk through. God sends down the waters again, kills all their enemies. They're on the other side. Praise the Lord. They're tambourines. They're praising God. Hallelujah. Guess what? What waits them? The wilderness. They go from the water to the wilderness and Bible scholars say that it was on the five month six month journey of that particular moment they begin to think about Egypt the honeymoon season was over for them oh man they experienced amazing miracles amazing wonders they saw the signs they saw everything but yet five months in it's kind of like you know what I remember Egypt how is it that people get to that point in their Christianity how is it people get to this particular point and say you know what man things are hard I remember Egypt Egypt is always a type of the world Egypt, the Bible scholars would believe that it's a type of the world, our old lifestyles, our old habits, our old things that we were part of, where God brings us out of, he breaks the chains, the slavery, that where we were part of, the addictions, and God brings us out, and it's many times we're just like, yes, hallelujah, glory to God, and then we get to the wilderness part, and we think about Egypt. And here it is in Numbers chapter 11, listen to what they say, they say, they say this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 5 through to 6. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. You could smell the breath. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. You see, this could happen in your life. You might have experienced amazing things that God has brought you out of, but you're at this part where it's like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm in the wilderness. And it's so good that you need to realize yourself, and say, oh, wow, so the scriptures are real. Okay, so I'm not losing my mind. Okay, there's going to be the water. There's going to be the wilderness part. I find myself in the scriptures right here. How do I do this? How do I, God, help me in the wilderness? Because the same thing can happen in your journey in life. You could go from the water to the wilderness. But listen, our text says the Spirit led Jesus Christ into the wilderness. 
There are times in your Christian faith that you got to be like, you know what, God, wherever you lead me, I'll follow. Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit and where he guides you? Are you sensitive to wherever he leads you? It might be, you know what, you know what? It might be the thing where it says, you know what, I want to lead you to a place that's so unfamiliar. God said to me, I remember I was, I was so prideful. I got saved as a young man. And uh, I was this party boy. I said, you know what, everything was all about parties. All, everything was all about girls, uh, my music and, and everything. And so I got saved and discipling. Men were telling me, look, do you know what, you need to get a job. I was like, man, I don't want to get a job. <laughs> I don't want to work attain my life. Anyway, you know what, this is God speaking to me and God sort of led me to this particular factory where I was like, you know what, you know what I had to do for this job? I had to lick envelopes, literally lick envelopes as a job. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, working, um, oh, tongue cut, oh, compensation, please. And then so, <laughs> and so it's like, you know, God was dealing with me, but he was leading me through the wilderness where there's certain things in my life that needed dealt with, that need to be dealt with. And maybe God's leading you through certain situations. It's kind of like, man, why? Why am I doing? Why am I? Is he leading you through that for a reason? Is there attitudes that you need to get rid of? Is there things in your life that's so unpleasing? And God's saying, you know what? No, no, this is where I want you to go. It might be a job. It might be to a certain place. And it's kind of like, okay, God, listen, we need to trust God in these certain places where we're unfamiliar with. And in our text one moment, Jesus is getting baptized. The next moment, Jesus is in a battle. One moment, Jesus is in total comfort. The next moment, he's in direct conflict. One moment, he's in close communion. The next moment, he's in total isolation. One moment, he hears the voice from heaven. The next minute, he's hearing the voice from hell. One moment, Jesus hears, this is my beloved son. The next moment, he's hearing, if you are the son of God. One moment, he gets a word in the water. The next, he's in warfare in the wilderness. One moment, it's powerful. The next moment, it's painful. Listen, you are going to experience life in the water and the wilderness. Where one moment, it's hallelujah. The next moment, it's holy moly. <laughs> one moment, it's like, man, Jesus, yeah. It's like, Jesus, where are you now? Can anyone relate to that this morning? Has anyone ever been there before? Oh, sorry, I must be in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I forgot there's some holy rollers up in here. Man, I forgot there's some, you know, people who were born with a Bible in their hands. You didn't come out saying, gaga, goo, goo. You came out saying, shalala, <laughs> Come on, let's be real, man. I'm telling you, we, we ain't got it all together. That's why we need to understand, God, you got to help us, lead me, God, even when it's through the wilderness. God, I don't have it together, but God, I need your spirit to help me through it. Come on, we need to say, God, whatever it is you have for me, lead me. I don't want to go by my own flesh or by my own decisions. God, I need you to lead me. We need to understand, you know, sometimes life happens. The Bible tells us, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, everything there is a season, a time of for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. In other words, there's going to be good times and bad times, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to, you see this, the water and the wilderness. It's, it's got to be clear, you know what, life simply happens and Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11 tells us time and chance happen to them all. Don't, don't, don't let life surprise you when things get difficult. You got to Find yourself in the verses of Scripture. God, okay, yep, things are going to happen. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. 
For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Listen, we're going to experience life in the water and the wilderness one way or the other. So secondly, I want to consider surviving the wilderness. This is what we need to do. Surviving the wilderness. It's easy to love God when things are going well. Amen. It's easy to, uh, you know, love Jesus when the boss favors us, your spouse adores you, your dog sits when you say sit. Yeah, it's easy to serve God when there's money in the bank. But what about when there's insufficient funds when you go and tap that card? (laughs) What happens when you begin to go out and it's kind of like, you know what, all hell breaks loose in your life? Are you going to love God? When there's no food in the fridge, no money in the bank, kids are out of hand, will you still serve God? Because in our text, Jesus is under spiritual attack from the devil, and that might be you here today. You're under a spiritual attack from the enemy right now. Each time Jesus says, listen to this, this is how you will survive it. He says to the enemy, it is written. It is written. He begins to quote scripture. And this is what you got to do, church. If you're going to survive your wilderness, you got to get into the word of God for yourself. You got to get into the word of God and say, God, I need you to speak to my life. You got to get in the Bible and say, God, I need you. Even though I don't feel like the things around me, God, I need your word. And I love what the Bible says, what Jesus says about it. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. That proceeds. Right there is what I want you to consider right now. Proceeds. The word is an actioning of going forth. There's two things that take place in this particular uh, meaning. Is the, the word is logos, which means the written word. That's what's in your Bible right now. That's the, the logos right here. That's logos, written word. What, we're, what Jesus is referring to, what proceeds from the mouth, is whatever's on here begins to apply to our lives. The word is Rima, R-H-E-M-A. It's the word where the Holy Spirit quickens to a specific person, the word for your specific situation. For example, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, that might not mean anything to Tulaki, but that means so much to Lita. That she's tired, she's fatigued, she's going through life and all of a sudden she's in the word and God speaks to her. Matthew 28 verse 11, that begins to jump out to her because it's for her specific situation. That's exactly what God says in his word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. You got to contend for the preceding word that says, you know what, God, I don't want to just read the Bible with just information. God, I need your word that's transformation, the things that comes into my specific situation. We need to contend God for that. God, speak to my heart. God, change my life in my situation. And that is why it's so important. This is where our faith begins to get stirred again. In Romans 10 verse 17, it says this, so then faith comes by what? By hearing. And by hearing by the word of God. In other words, God's speaking to us and then faith is stirred when we hear his voice. In other words, it's telling us now, I'm living by faith, not by feelings. 
Yes, I'm living by faith, not by what I see around me. I'm living by faith, not what I want to do myself. But this is faith speaking. And you might be here attacked by the devil. You need to remind him that the word of God is powerful. You need to remind the enemy, no, no, no. The word of God is living and powerful. Maybe you're here today and you've been attacked by the devil. Maybe you've been here today and you know what? You feel like there's no passion anymore. It's lost. The honeymoon season is in your life is completely dead in your life. Maybe you'll feel like your wilderness is turned into a desert. There's a story that bears mentioning this morning. It's found in Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26 verse 15. And it reads this. It says, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged, in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines, which is the enemy, had stopped them and filled them with earth. Fills these wells with earth. This is a powerful story. The background is Isaac, which is his son, uh, Abraham's son. He goes into the promised land. It's a wilderness. In fact, it's a deserted place. The wells there, he goes in and he sees these wells that were once functional. He goes in and sees these wells that were once operational, that had water flowing and flowing. But then he sees it and he recognized, man, the enemy had come in and stopped all these wells. And so Isaac goes in and he begins to redig the wells. Maybe that's you today. You feel the enemy has clogged up your well because the picture is this. The wells are the picture of your souls. It's a picture of our lives. It's a picture of our heart. God wants your heart to be a well where living water begins to flow like Jesus says in John chapter 4 verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You were created to be a well. And through Jesus Christ, who He is the living water, when we begin to go to Him, the relationship with Christ, we begin to have waters of everlasting life flowing through our lives. But whenever you stop praying, when you stop reading the Word, has the enemy plugged your wells? Has the enemy filled uh, your wells up this morning? Or have you filled up the wells of your life? Mark chapter 4 verse 19, And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Is your life unfruitful today? Is your life completely plugged up by the enemy? Have you begun to fill your life up with the things of the world? Listen today, it's time to redig the wells. Whenever the wells have been filled, whenever your life has been stopped and you've got no passion for God anymore, you've got no passion to serve Him anymore, you've got no passion to read the Bible anymore, listen, it's an issue of the heart. Jesus says this in Revelations 2 verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. You've left your first love once you were on fire for Christ. You loved him with all your soul and might. But all of a sudden, God's like, man, I've got no room to move in your life anymore. I got, there's no way I could have waters flowing in your life because there's things preoccupying you well. There's things that have plugged up your life. It's time right now to redig the wells. But are you willing? Are you ready to redig the wells in your soul, in your life? Are you ready to redig the wells in your marriage? Are you ready to redig the wells in your family? It's time to redig the wells. I want to give you a couple of R's to remember. Number one, 
The first R is remember. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. Remember therefore where you have fallen. Remember when God was your everything. Remember when you grew up in the broken home and there's nothing else except God was able to take you out. Do you remember the first time you got saved? Do you remember the first time you gave your life to Christ and all of a sudden we, we begin to fill our lives? Listen, number two, repent. is the second eyes to repent. This is where you begin to start digging. Because in the day you follow Christ, that day back then when you gave your life to Jesus was the day you changed your mind. That's what repentance means. It means a change of mind. It means to turn from one direction and to head into God's direction. Do a 180 degree turn. Turn to God again. Has the things of this world buried your passion? Have the things of this life, the, the business of life, buried your passion that you once had for Jesus? It's time to repent. It's time to redig the wells. Number three, it says this repeat. Do the first works, is what the Bible tells us in Revelation 2, verse 5. Do the first things first. Remember when you prayed in the morning? It's time to do it again. This is redigging the wells. Remember when you read the Bible, when you first fell in love with Jesus? Do it again. Wake up in the morning, make your coffee, redig the wells again. Repeat. Do it again. Do it again. Remember the time when you gave to the Lord in the tithe. Listen, do it again. Remember the time when you went on outreach? It's time to do it again. This is redigging the wells. You're redigging it over and over again, but there's going to be times the enemy is going to come in and try to put dirt back in your life. Listen, you got to stand firm as a believer and say, no, 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 devil, wells of living water. No, 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 devil, this, I was created for his purpose. Amen. And God wants to use your life. You weren't created to be just an empty vessel. You were created to be a vessel used by God where his spirit is flowing. Do it again. Redig again. Number four, whenever you do that, God begins to bring a road in your wilderness. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. He makes a way when there's no other way. Listen to this. Behold, I will do a new thing. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I will do a new... God's speaking to people this morning. You're living in your past. You're living in past hurts. You're living in things where it's like broken Listen, God says to you today, I'm going to do a new thing. It says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Listen to this. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Glory to God. Doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God is able to turn desert into a river. God is able to put a road in your wilderness. Whenever the honeymoon is over, listen, it's time to suit up and show up because the enemy is going to attack you. You've got to suit up. In, uh, the Bible tells us we need to put on the armor of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We've got to take the armor today. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Suit up, church. Show up to the battle. The enemy is going to try and attack you. Suit up and show up. Put on the whole armor. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, darkness, rulers and darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The enemy is real and he wants to come after your soul, but it's time to suit up and show up. 
It's time to, you know what, say, you know what, devil, you're not going to come into my life anymore. I'm putting on the armor of God. I'm going to suit up. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to, secondly, I'm going to redig the wells of revival. Come on. You redig the wells. God begins to revive your life again. God begins to revive your marriage again. He revives the passion again. He revives your life. And it begins to make a road in the wilderness. So whenever the honeymoon season is over in your life, listen, you got to get in his word. Believe God for your life. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God wants to do a new thing in people's lives. Maybe you're here today and you've hit a roadblock in your life, in your Christianity, and you feel like, man, and you recognize, yep, I'm in a wilderness. Amen. There's always hope for us, each and every one of us. If you've got breath in your lungs, there's hope for you. Amen. I want to give an invitation. Maybe you're here today and you know your heart is not right with God. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. Meaning there's one day you're going to die and you're going to face God on judgment day. And I want to ask you the question today. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die? That's a good question to ask yourself. It's not about coming to church. It's not about religion. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? Jesus didn't come to give you a better life. He came to give you eternal life. That once you've passed from this life to another, eternity awaits. But the real question is, where will you spend eternity, heaven or hell? You recognize, you know what? I'm living in sin. I'm not saved. I, I need Christ in my life. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand with my